Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Dynasty in Depth. A very special week. One of the best weeks out of the year. Why is that, Ryan? It's like Christmas for us Dynasty guys, isn't it? It is. It's draft week. Finally. And they're actually having it. I was I was I thought for a while maybe it would get pushed back and but I'm glad to see they're having it and I'm uh glad to see that it's going to be charity based so it should be good supporting the frontline workers that we need to keep us alive especially yep. us obese individuals it's a, apparently that's a high <laughs> risk factor for coronavirus not to make light of the situation but i think that might be a high risk factor for just about everything <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true except getting kidnapped as a child that's true <laughs> that's half, half glass full right there hey i'm a positive guy what could i say so we wanted to finally wrap up uh, our rookies with the quarterbacks and the tight ends this week. We went through wide receivers and running backs, which is what pretty much everyone cares about during the rookie drafts. The quarterbacks and tight ends, I don't think there's going to be a ton to talk about, but we wanted to go through uh, our top choices, and then we will look dumb later whenever – who knows what's going to happen this draft. I mean, I'm hearing love before – Tua, so yeah, which would not? be crazy, but what do I know? So let's start off by uh, talking about some of the last week we talked about some of the wide receiver analytics, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about what I look, what we look for in quarterbacks as far as analytics. Much like film analytics for quarterbacks, not very sticky. I mean, there's no. so much, there's so many variables that go into it. Uh, one thing that I have found especially for fantasy football is you want to chase rushing ability and QBR seems to be pretty sticky. I know ESPN, this is a something ESPN put together total quarterback rating versus just the uh, rating that they always used. And total QBR is based on each quarterback action play passes, rushes, sacks, scrambles, or penalties attributed to the quarterback measured in terms of expected points added then they adjust for the difficulty of each play. EPA is adjusted based on the type and depth of a pass and whether the quarterback was pressured. If there's a completion, the quarterback is only credited for the typical number of yards after the catch based on the type and depth of the pass. If there's discount or garbage time, uh, that is also adjusted for and opponents adjusted. And then finally, the QBR averages the adjusted estimated points per play and transforms it on a zero to 100 scale with 50 being average. And so that's one of the things I found and you can find it on player profile that they have the uh, college QBR. And when you go down through the top rated, like I think Rosen, when he came out, he was like 20 or 30th percentile. Whereas Mahomes was 85 percentile Kyler Murray is like 95th percentile so and a Baker too and all those guys I mean, yeah Baker's. I mean when you look back through this and like my understanding it's supposed to show a quarterback's ability to help your team win the game mm-hmm. and so it would make sense that whether it's a good stat or not that a quarterback that helps you win the game is a quarterback that's going to last longer in the league and score you more fantasy points theoretically. But then again, we see players like Josh Allen and rushing is all that matters. Lamar Jackson had a pretty good QBR college QBR. So 
So those are the that draft, and we'll get into like how we rate different things. But really, as far as uh, I mean, there's not much that's super sticky when it comes to. I can hear you. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> when when it comes to uh to quarterbacks and uh their uh and the analytics, what about for film? What do you look for in film? Yeah. So for film, um. You know, I was going to say for analytics, one thing that I, I kind of have started paying attention to it. And I think that NFL GMs, fantasy guys, anybody has trouble evaluating a quarterback. I mean, if you look at like you mentioned, I mean, if you look at all the guys that are taken and, and where they're taken, it, it's just a position that no one can get right. Yeah. There's so many intangibles that can't be measured. But um, one thing that I definitely want to see um, when I'm watching film is, first of all, your, uh, yards per attempt is an analytic that I care a little bit about. There's a lot of offenses in college, especially in the Big 12 and the Pac-12, that we're talking bubble screens, um, quick one hitters. So not really going through a read progression, more so just first read is the, the ball you throw. Right. And so yards per attempt is often very low for them. So yards per attempt, I think, is, is semi-important and as well as when you watch the film. I mean, are these guys just tossing bubble screens all day and, you know, those guys are running for 70 yards? Um, what do they look like when they throw the ball down the field? Um, intermediate to deep pass accuracy is huge in the NFL. But I think two of the things that I try to look for the most, and one's tangible and one's a little bit less tangible, um, the tangible being what what does a quarterback look like when the when the pocket starts breaking down? So – you can just does he does he know it's coming? Does he know where the pocket's breaking down? Does he know where to go? Or is it an immediate kind of Eli Manning type of fall on the ground, you know, with his arms above his head? Right. Um, I, I think as you watch, you can kind of see guys that can kind of have a feel for the pocket. They step up, they shift over, they keep the play going. Um, the new NFL is quarterbacks that can move a little bit more than you know the guys from twenty years ago. So I think pocket awareness is key, especially with the edge rushers in the NFL today and how fast they are. Is that a a learned trait? So theoretically, a quarterback would get better at that with age. So someone like Burrow would have an advantage over someone like Tua. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would think that I'm, I'm sure some of it's natural and just a feel for the game. Like we talked about the things that you can't measure um, analytically. Some guys can just just have a feel for it, but um, you can definitely see it when you watch it. Um, I know probably Drew Locke was from Denver is probably one of the worst I've ever seen is, you know, it felt like once a pass rusher with, with was within five yards of him, everything went to hell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so deep intermediate to deep ball accuracy. Um, and then I also like to watch and you can tell when you watch the film is when when the quarterback's hitting the receivers, are these receivers wide open, or it, it's almost like it's not super tangible? But the idea of like, can a quarterback throw a guy open, or does he need a clean pocket and a clean receiver to unleash a ball? And this is what I didn't love about Herbert's game was um, seemed like he needed a lot of his passes, especially down the field, where open receiver. I mean, most Division One quarterbacks can hit an open receiver, so I kind of want to see like how comfortable are they. Um, you know, the ability to throw to a receiver that might not be quite open or you're throwing a ball before the receiver's open and you have to have a feel for him to, you know, to, to make that break at the right time as practice and, you know, all right. that stuff. And I, I think that was a knock on Lamar Jackson, but for sure, turns out it doesn't matter. 
if you're athletic enough. Yeah, I mean, we'll see next year. Who knows? I, I, I think Lamar's obviously did some great stuff in the NFL, but I definitely want to see another year. You know? Yeah, yeah. Would would just kind of tells you that that can change. I mean, uh, Josh Allen is the same way. He, uh, we we don't think he's a great quarterback, but he's gotten a little bit better every year. And for fantasy, we don't care if they're great quarterbacks. I guess all we care about is fantasy points. Yeah, and that that makes you rethink kind of this whole thing because. Are you take are you as excited to take someone like Joe Burrow as you were seven years ago? No. You know, kind of I don't want to call him a statue because he's not, but you know, someone who's strictly a pocket passer. Or are you more willing to say, Hey, I'm gonna take another player in that position and then wait for Jalen Hurts a couple rounds later just yeah. hope that hopefully he gets to start. That seems to be the play at, especially as of late with uh from Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. I mean, Mahomes isn't he he's he doesn't run the same way like Lamar and Kyler do, but uh, Deshaun Watson does. I mean, yeah. he gets he gets a lot of points with his legs. But we've always known. I mean, that's Konami code. That's a cheat code. Yep, it's worth a lot. Worth a uh, worth more versus a traditional passing uh, twenty five points per pass. So you get double so two where- and a half times your two and a half times your money. Where are you at with uh, hand size and wonder? Like, I know you're big on those two things. Got to have them, right? Yeah, if you don't have big hands, and if you're not <laughs> if you're not good with uh, standardized testing, then you don't belong in the league. <laughs> I think I think uh, Patrick Mahomes had like tenth percentile hands and like a thirteenth percentile wonder lick. Yeah, I think he tweeted something to Joe Burrow after Joe Burrow came back. Joe Burrow has fifth percentile hand size, and I think. Mahomes tweeted something about uh, some support for him about having small hands. These little hands were able to win a Super Bowl or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, Mahomes' Wonderlick wasn't very good either. No, I mean I've taken the Wonderlick. Uh, I mean, uh, you know it. It does. Ass- I mean, it assesses how quickly you can process information, but that's still not a football field. No, and and a lot of this stuff is instincts. So you know, I'm not gonna say that figuring out a few word problems is uh like figuring out you know cover two <laughs> yeah because mahomes was 20th percentile hand size and 18th percentile wonderlick bum bum he'll probably be <laughs> out of the league I- i'm surprised he's still in the league right now yeah that's the- those are useless i i, I agree with you like you said about the uh depth of target i mean that's all built into the qbr rating so you're trying to get it all in one one rating but so much of this other stuff especially in college it's tough like breakout doesn't really matter we've seen that over and over again uh no i mean it's i think for quarterbacks i'm looking for it's more strategy than it is finding the right a good prospect the strategy is wait as long as you can and take a quarterback that rushes and just throw darts i mean you know instead of investing a top five rookie pick invest three thirds in different guys that are tier two and tier three you know would you rather you know use your 102 on burrow or would you rather take hurts love and eason with you know mid third round picks you know what i mean it's kind of like but you know the juxtaposition is crazy when you talk about breakout age because you look at someone like joe burrow who literally didn't break out till he was almost 22 years old. And then you look at a guy like Jalen Hurts who walked onto Alabama's campus was great for them. 
went to Oklahoma was great for them. And you're ta- these guys are not interchangeable prospects for, for NFL teams. Yeah. So super interesting. And Burrow's o- older than Sam Darnold. Yeah. I believe. So it's, it's kind of wild. So how about uh, – what do you care about for tight ends when you watch the film? Do you watch tight end film or is it like <laughs> – I do actually. Um, more so recently, um, I think Dallas Goddard – was one of my first kind of film crushes and and the first time I tried to decide whether competition for tight end mattered or not just with him and his he played for like the Jackrabbits or whatever yeah right and then just I mean dominating but yeah I mean tight ends what I care about is athleticism I don't care about I don't care about their college dominator as much I mean if they have a great college dominator that's fine um college offenses don't work like nfl offenses college there's very few schools that feature the tight end so i'm not obsessed with dominator um breakout age again i i don't care at all um you have to have the prerequisite athleticism and then when you're watching them play you know i really just want to see a guy like like we talked about with wide receivers i want to see a hands catcher and i want to see a guy who you know, is natural in space. And, and when he gets the ball, he's a little bit more of a bully and turns into a little bit more of a running back than, you know, a guy that kind of catches and goes down. I'm not, you know, the hybrid move tight end is kind of turned into fantasy gold, I think. So what I like, about you? Yeah, size and athleticism. The uh, breakout and dominator are just elevators. They're not, like we talked about for receiver, like I'm not drafting this player if they don't have a breakout or it's more an elevator for that tight end prospect versus a requirement for sure. Put it, put it, put it that way. Let's go through what you look for. I guess we, we talked about kind of your evaluation process for the quarterbacks, but how do you rate them uh, as far as the, not necessarily the prospect, but the player as a, a dynasty asset and rookie drafts for quarterbacks? What do you value? Depends on league type. So, you know, super flex, obviously. And depends on how many teams you have in the league. You have 10 teams, you have 12 teams, you have 14 teams. But obviously there's scarcity there. And, and you really, in a super flex um, or to, uh, in a two QB league especially, I mean, you want to start two quarterbacks. It's very hard to be like, oh, I've got a guy that I can put in in yeah. my third flex spot that's going to score more than even Daniel Jones at 15 points a week. That's a hard sell. So. Um, I would say this is league dependent for sure. If it's a one QB league. Well, I mean like uh, not uh, I guess how we talked about before, how you value, like for me, like inputs. Yeah. So for me, draft capital is the most important thing for a quarterback. I'm I'm almost, I'm rarely taking a quarterback in the second round because history has proven they don't, they don't pan out second round or later. Sometimes I might. Yeah. Drew Locke. Russell Wilson. Dak Prescott. I mean, there is some. I think, I think Wilson was a third, but yeah, I got it. Yep. A second rounder later. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, rarely. Uh, number two is a uh, draft spot, but I, I don't even know if that matters anymore after we saw no. what happened in Arizona. Uh, so, and then QBR is what I look for, like I said before, and then rushing ability. I'm taking, I think rushing ability is just as important as anything right now if I'm, if I'm taking a chance on quarterback. How, how about you? Yeah, I've got draft capital first. Um, I've got athleticism and then analytics. I've got film in there for sure for quarterbacks. I mean, it's it's so hard to hit on a quarterback, but I at least want to see a couple of different things play out. Um, 
And then I've got things like injury history. And actually, my last one is landing spot. I Landing spot, when we talk about landing spot, it kind of depends on the quarterback. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't really care that much. But I think more and he, more, I like to see... Uh, it's great if they have weapons and stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, weapons can elevate an average quarterback. Yeah, like you're, you're even though Cincinnati is pretty much incompetent you're still excited that he has that burroughs is going to have Mixon and aj green and tyler boyd and john ross like that's still a pretty good scenario to walk into yeah 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 so definitely the weapons versus i don't know someone going to miami like i feel like yeah. at least san diego's has some weapons uh but that, that that definitely makes a difference but what were you ta- what you were talking about earlier i mean i don't does anyone even draft a quarterback in non-superflex Unless it's like, I'm sure someone does, but that late. just pushes value to us, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Single quarterback league, like I'm gonna pretty much punt the position and just you know have three mediocre starters and play play matchups. Um, I think that's that that road's been plowed pretty hard, so you know we don't need to talk about that. And then in superflex, that it is the cheapest time to buy a quarterback, but it's also the cheapest time to buy a running back. So to me, they kind of are valued similar in Superflex 12 team. Yeah. Running back and quarterback. Yeah. I mean, the magic of in a Superflex, especially a 10, 12, 14 team league, like the magic of getting a 22 year old quarterback that's going to start for you for the next 15 years would be incredible. But the bust rate is so high on quarterbacks. I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would imagine bust rate for quarterback is way higher than running back. So, I mean, yeah, it's tough. I mean, obviously you want to have enough starters to fill your spots but you kind of got to just do it roster construction wise yeah so then for tight ends how do you uh go about your evaluation prospect for fantasy oh man so as far as inputs go athleticism is number one for me um i just want to see a guy that's athletic and like you said that has the size measurables you know you really want that six four six five two hundred and fifty pounds yeah get him on the get him on the field make sure he can hold up um, for me, injury history is pretty important too. It's well documented that the tight ends have tend to have more injuries than a lot of other positions. There are um, linemen slash wide receivers, so yeah, and it's just frustrating to own, you know, it's frustrating to own guys that are always dinged up. Um, but you know, landing spot probably third. And, and honestly, I, I I don't do a ton of tight end evaluation. I'm usually grabbing guys either in the last picks of a rookie draft, or I'm trading for guys that are going into the third year that I think might have something going for them before they maybe hit. But, you know, I think we both agree that you don't need a top five tight end to win a dynasty championship. So I don't really invest a ton of capital or time into it. Would you feel the same way? Yeah, I agree. I think another input that I have is age. Uh, since tight ends take so long to develop, it could be three, four years. You want them younger, so they you have more time in their prime. So if I'm I'm not taking, I'm not interested in a, a Hurst, Hayden Hurst, like when he came out. Even though he he had first round capital, he was athletic, and it was a good landing spot. But you know, I don't want plus a 20, hair. Yeah, plus that gray hair. I don't want a 25 <laughs> year old rookie tight end. So I, I no. definitely value if I. If I'm going to spend a taxi squad space on a tight end, I want a 21, 20-year-old 20 tight end like an Irv Smith or some someone like that. And, you know, 
hold on to him till year four. If he doesn't hit, then drop him off. Yeah, or like a great situation is someone who has, you know, a pretty good profile like a Dallas Goddard, but he goes to a spot that has Zach Ertz and you're like, everybody's kind of just like, man, we Dallas Goddard was getting all this kind of hype before the draft and then he goes to Philadelphia. It's just the the air out is let out of the balloon and that's such a great guy to grab, especially after year one when yeah. he doesn't do anything because, you know, these guys are going to take time in general. So Yeah, Goddard though is still valued as a top tight ten dynasty tight end because everyone's yeah. expecting it to happen and you've seen glimpses but i agree yeah. i agree yeah and but then, in the in the rookie draft he was probably a late second early third round pick versus i mean you see yeah, these it guys like i think tj hawkinson last year was like a late first 10 yeah i mean yeah yeah it depends on your team situation too I mean, it reaches a point in the in a draft where you're throwing darts anyways and if you you know, want to throw it if, if you're like, I don't feel comfortable taking Brian Edwards with third round capital. I'd rather have a tight end with first round capital in the late second, early third. I don't think this is the draft to do it because no. there's not as many tight ends, but that would be about the time I look for a tight end when I'm making that decision. Like running backs are pretty much depleted. Wide receivers, I'm getting into my sec third tier third fourth tier of wide receivers that are hit and miss anyways do i do i grab a tight end and throw them on the taxi squad then so that's kind of where i my strategy and that makes sense because at some point in the rookie draft you know you're you're taking your second wide receiver of the draft in round three and he's probably i don't know wide receiver eight wide receiver nine on your team you know what i mean yeah so at that point the risk reward of of maybe getting a tight end that that could be higher up on your board makes sense yeah so let's go through your rookie rankings who are your top eight rookie quarterbacks as prospects right now before draft capital okay yeah so um number one is joe burrow i i think that without all the medical concerns it would be a slammed uh so number two for me is tua right um and my point being is that without the medical concerns regardless of the year that Burrow had, Tua would be hands down the number one for me. Um, but, you know, and it might be conjecture, but as time goes on, I just feel a little bit safer with Burrow at one for some reason, just with all the different medical things floating around Tua and who knows how much of it's real and how much of it's smokescreen. But that's kind of where I'm at with the top two right now. We know that Burrow's going to, well, we know that they're both going to have great draft capital, but yeah, I'd be shocked if the Bengals didn't take Burrow at one, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I have two at one still because I think yeah. I have Burrow at two. I think the there's risk factors for both. Two, it's the injury. Burrow, it's the one year wonder. I mean, he was yeah. it was an amazing year, but he and don't get me wrong, Ohio State has a lot of good quarterbacks coming through, but he couldn't get on the field there the year before his first year and he was learning a new offense. So you can always make excuses for it. But when a quarterback just pops out of nowhere with all these great weapons around him, two of the top wide receivers in the nation, uh, a, you know, offense that really suited his skill set. I don't know. And, and, you know, obviously two us was in a similar situation, but he comes in as a freshman in the national championship, ice water in his veins and, wins a national championship in the second half. He has a 99th percentile QBR. He's just everything we look for in a quarterback. 
the mobility. Maybe his pocket awareness is not as good as Joe Burrow. And a lot of his injuries, from what I've read, are fluky. Like, they're not like soft tissue injuries. Like, he's he's not running towards the sideline and tears a hammy or anything like that mm-hmm. repeatedly. Hip dislocation is super fluky. Mm-hmm. So maybe he has brittle bones. I don't know. I've heard that, which I, I don't know how you judge that. It's got that. Yeah, I don't know. Got the Hawaiian blood. It's got to be good for something, right? Maybe drink, he heals get, faster. Got to drink some bone broth. <laughs> I don't know. Now, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't think I would end up with Burrow on any of my teams, but I could see ending up with Tua on some of my teams, just because I'm kind. I would, I would definitely rather go running back face with Burrow because I, I do agree with you, and it's the same thing I thought about when i watched Clyde edwards hilaire and the rest of the lsu offense we just it's kind of scary yeah yeah <laughs> i'm always trying to avoid risk in round one and i think after round one you can get your guys but um and i in, agree with you and super flex you're, you're you're gonna have to take burrow 101 maybe someone really needs wants a running back and you get him 103 but i'm i'm not paying that no i'm not paying one i'm not paying top three rookie draft capital for burrow or Tua. too much of a risk I'm yeah, I agree. You. I don't have either of them in my top ten dynasty of quarterbacks. So, in usually in a year, you would you know the top quarterback taken would probably be an automatic top ten guy. And both these guys carry a little bit too much risk for me. Yeah, but we I think we both agree these are that's a top tier. If you're going to take a quarterback, these are the two top tier quarterbacks. Absolutely. Yeah, actually, I have uh, Jalen Hurts at number three, which might be a little different than. Some other people, but he had a 95th percentile QBR. He had 1,300 yards rushing his senior year. He wanted multiple programs and systems. Literally everything we look for in a Mm -hmm. fantasy quarterback. Whether the NFL agrees with that is a different thing. So, obviously, when the draft happens, I'm sure I will have to move him down for number three because I'm also a realist. But as a prospect, I have him as my number three quarterback. I do, too. Yeah, nice. I mean, I I can't help it. I, I... you know, from a film perspective, I certainly I know Herbert's going to be a top ten pick, but I I didn't see it. Um, I didn't see a guy that could throw out, throw his wide receivers open. I saw a guy that looked hesitant when it wasn't the easiest read. I didn't really I didn't love it at all. So Jalen Hurts to me isn't the greatest passer in the world. He's not you know he's not the most accurate. He's not doesn't have the strongest arm, but Man, if he gets a chance, he's going to run for 70 yards a game. And I think he's got some good leadership to command a huddle like Alabama as a freshman and then go to a program like Oklahoma after kind of getting moved off from Alabama and then command that team and do what he did at both places. Um, I think he's got the leadership and I think he's got the athleticism. So that's the kind of guy I'm looking for. And and I, I could probably get him for, you know, a round later. And it, it was two completely different offenses. Yeah, like he learned sure. a whole new system. Same way, if you want to make the excuse for Burrow about having to go and learn a new offense in LSU, like Hertz did it and had one heck of a year. Yep. Uh, I have Herbert after that, though. You kind of uh, have to. We yeah. know the draft capital's coming. I mean, really, I think I might put Hertz and Herbert in the same tier, but after Hertz, if he doesn't get even second round capital, it's. It's Tua Burrow and Herbert for me, but I agree with you. Tier two for Hertz and Herbert together. Herbert top ten. I 
I'd be shocked if Hertz wasn't a second round pick. I just would be shocked. Really? But uh, yeah, I mean, you hear about him sneaking into the late first with a fifth round option. That'd be great. But to go a whole second round, I don't know. I think he's got a lot of good stuff out there. I hope. Let's let's put it that way, because third round quarterback does not sound as sexy to me. No, no, no. Who do you have at your QB five? Yeah, so I, I don't I don't love it, but I've got to put love there because I know he's going to get um, the draft capital somewhere probably on day one. Um, and after this, this is probably tier three for me. The only guy in tier three. Um, what about you? I have Jake Fromm. Oh, okay. I know a lot of the film guys don't like him but he had 77 77th percentile qbr he took over as a freshman at georgia and never gave up the starting job i mean that's not easy to do in the sec yeah and they let fields justin fields walk yeah they let they let jacob Eason walk and now they've got Eason higher somehow on the draft boards in from yeah yeah so i i, I like from i you know watching some of his Film that offense was so boring. Like it was just not Horrible. a good offense. It, it, you, I want like he's not going to do the same thing Burrow did, but you wonder what he looks like in a better offense. So that's why I have him at, at five because he he did. I thought he did well enough in the offense that he was in. Especially, you know, I'm gonna take a chance on him, and I have Love at six, and he has a twelfth percentile QBR. Like he's not accurate. He's at not, Utah State. Yeah, at Utah State. The only thing is his, his intangibles. But he didn't rush a lot. Like, he he doesn't have a ton of rushing yards. So. I think the NFL's a copycat league, and you hear these guys talk about chasing Mahomes, and I, I just, that's confusing to me because they don't look anything alike. No. They don't play anything alike. Um, there's so much bad film on Jordan Love. I tried to I tried to watch as much as I could, and there's just so much bad film out there. Um, yeah, I mean, if I'm in a super flex, and he's not going to be there when I'm on the board. No, to pick up. yeah. So, <laughs> I tried to make up a scenario where I would end up with him, but um, and I have from. Sorry, good. I was just going to say I have from higher because it, if even if he is like he comes in the league as a backup, like he could be a starter somewhere. Yeah. Not not a great one, but in Superflex, you know, he could be QB four or five. Love, I think, will be off, uh, won't be in the league in two or three years. And you see Love getting mocked. I've seen him mocked all the way up oh, to yeah. top top 10 pick, which it'll be fascinating to see. And obviously, we'll have to recalibrate after we see what NFL GMs think about these guys. But from an analytical perspective, from a film perspective, no love for Jordan Love <laughs> from the DID crew. Good one, good one. Who do you have after? Uh, who, who do you have at six after Love? Yeah, I, I've got From there. He just nice. kind of reminds me of you know, pick a dude, uh, Alex McCoy, Smith? and no, Alex Smith was a much better prospect. Well, um, maybe uh, he was a first first round. Yeah, player. and he could, he ran really well. We forget about that. Like he he was a game manager, but he is accurate. Like. It's hard to be a 15-year quarterback in the NFL. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Fromm just reminds me of, like, you know, I don't know. Give me Colt McCoy. Give me, like, any of these dudes that are just kind of, like, could get the job done in a pinch, but you kind of feel like he's, he's going to Matt Castle you and get that one 10-year season or 10-win <laughs> season with the right crew. But, uh, uh, player profiler has Sam Darnold as his best comparable. Uh, maybe they both got mono. Maybe they got mono from each other. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, his his numbers are good. It's just people don't like his film. Yeah, like I said, it's just kind of milk toast to be honest. It's just, and and some of that was Georgia, not that's the offense they ran. And to this day, I'm still shocked when I follow recruiting and these five star wide receivers are going to Georgia. I'm like, what are you doing? I I don't understand. It was, and that's how LSU was for a lot of years until now. Yeah, it was like, what are you doing? Well, you're never going to get to do anything there. So continue. But, you know, yeah, good. What was that? I was just going to say after that, I've got you know Eason. Um, who I'm not thrilled with. He got pushed out of Georgia. He five-star prospect, you know, has the prerequisite NFL size that guys love. Got pushed out of Georgia by Fromm. Um, Fromm pushing five stars out of the way all these years. He goes to Washington where he's actually from, and he's okay. But yeah. you know, I heard a lot of scouts say that the interviews rubbed him the wrong way. Like maybe he's kind of he's cocky and entitled. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, big guy, big arm, but if you've got those kind of intangible size type stuff in college, and you, I don't know. It's it's a hard road for me to imagine that to be NFL success. Yeah, I have Eason and then uh, Anthony Gordon. Me too. I love Anthony Gordon. Yeah, might as well just keep chasing those Washington, uh, Washington State quarterbacks. Anthony Gordon is fun to watch. I mean, he's small and he's kind of like, I don't know. He he's fun to watch though. I don't think he's going to be a starting NFL quarterback, but you never know. I don't think like uh, almost the from after Hurts and Herbert, I don't think any of them will be starters in the league. I mean, maybe here or there. But yeah, what do you think? What do you think about draft capital? Let's just say that Burrow, Tua, and Herbert go top ten. Let's say that Hurts gets second round capital. Where do you see from Love? in Eason. I don't know. Because you've got to feel like Anthony Gordon's probably like a fourth or fourth yeah. or fifth round guy, right? Yeah, yeah. He got to fall into that Stidham I mean, someone's category. Gonna, unless everything we heard is lies, and maybe that's true, but someone's going to take love high. Yeah. At worst, second round. Yeah. And then from I could see from as a third rounder. Kind of yeah. the, uh, what's his name from Carolina last year? Oh, uh, Will Greer. Will Greer, yeah, yeah, kind of. And that. you can kind of just go with that, and Eason can be your Mason Rudolph. You're th- yeah, you know, yeah. your your big body. Well, Rudolph is a lot more productive, but um, just guys, when you watch them, you were kind of like, this isn't going to happen. Yeah, in the third round, and he knows if they end up behind an old frail quarterback like Ben. Yeah. So, how about your top five rookie tight ends? This is tough. <laughs> Um, I've got Albert O at one just from sheer athleticism. I loved watching what he did at the combine and he, you know, at Missouri, he's got, we talked about this. This doesn't super matter to us, but I mean, he's got a 31% dominator, which is 90th percentile. He's got a sub 20 year breakout, which again, isn't the most important things to us, but he did check a few boxes there with all of that. Well, he had I don't, 11 touchdowns as a freshman. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> but to watch him run a four four nine at six six two sixty is just it's just unbelievable. Yeah, he's only now I, twenty-two. Yeah. Yep. I, I'm watching him that he doesn't look as good <laughs> on film and obviously Missouri's offense wasn't that good because he tapped out at four hundred and sixty six yards. Yeah. Um and still captured a ton of dominator, like you said with the touchdowns. But um I've got him at one. I've got Hunter Bryan at two. Um, 
What about what about your one and two? I have Albaro, and then I have uh, Bryson Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, Bryson Hopkins. He's a little bit smaller than I like, but six four, two forty five. He's very athletic. He's above fifty percentile, and pretty much across the board, eighty second percentile in his forty time, four six six. Not Albaro's speed, but uh, you were talking about the move tight ends being fantasy gold at times, and that's that's Bryson Hopkins. You could see him used in that sort of move tight end situation. So yeah, Purdue Purdue had some pass catchers, man. I mean, I know Rondell Moore was hurt, um, but Rondell Moore and then David Bell, the freshman, yeah. and Bryson Hopkins, like they for Purdue that that was a pretty pretty good scenario. And it, like we talked about before, neither of us are huge fans of this tight end class. Neither of us are very excited. So if I'm going to chase something, I'm I'm going to chase the uh, the move tight end with maybe maybe some fantasy upside. But someone that was interesting to me, I heard he's getting first round uh, first round talk is my tight end three, and that's Cole Komet. From that's what I've got a tight end three too. Notre Dame six four two sixty two. Ran a four seven forty. He's only twenty one years old, so he's a young tight end. He looks like an investment banker. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but Just he, looking at him up. He's, he's super athletic. Super athletic, big dude. This is all the things we talk about we look for. Then I have Hunter Bryant mm-hmm. at tight end four. He's under twenty one. He's twenty twenty years old, twenty something years old, so very young. Again, another undersized tight end, six two, two forty eight. Tested terribly. Not very yeah, athletic. No, nah, it was underwhelming. And then Adam Trotman. Might as well. So we have the, we have the same top five, just okay. in a little bit different order. So who do you have then for your... Uh, mine was Albert O, then Hunter Bryant, then Cool Komet, then Adam Trotman, then Bryson Hopkins. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, see what these guys get some... See where they land and... Uh, you know, it's just tough with tight ends. Like I was even thinking about last year. Like I was kind of excited when Jay Sternberger. You had a couple. You had a couple interesting third round tight ends last year, and you know Jay Sternberger yeah. ended up. I was pretty excited about him, and even like a guy like Josh Oliver. And it's just so hard. Yeah, Dawson Knox in Buffalo. He was okay. And yeah. Noah Fant had a good year. Dawson Knox would be a guy that I'd be buying if I could buy him for. Something cheap. The waiver? Well, I mean, yeah, if he's on your waiver wire, I'm definitely picking him up. Um, I have Dawson Knox ranked higher than all five of these tight ends. So, on That's my board. interesting. Yeah. Even Albert O? Yep. Huh. Even Albert O. Well, we'll see what happens. So, like we did in previous episodes, we're going to go through some rookie quarterback scenarios and see where we have them ranked afterwards. The first one is Chad, Chad Reuter's seven-round mock draft. Uh, these are all going to be the same, but Joe Burrow, number one to the Bengals. Uh, Justin Herbert, number four to the Dolphins. Just the first pick is going to be the same. Tua. Number six to the Chargers, Jordan Love. Number ten to the Saints, which oh that that oh, that makes me sad. From <laughs> seventy five overall, which is like a third round pick to the Colts, Jacob Eason seventy third round to the Bucks, and Jalen Hurts third round to the Patriots. How do you have them ranked? Uh, I've got Burrow at one. Yep. I've got two at two. Yep. I've got Herbert at three. Yep. 
I've got, I've got to, you know, this is sticking with our thing. I'm, I had to go love at four, just ended up with the Saints with top ten capital. Just had to do it. Same here. Um, and then I've got Hurts at five. I don't care that he's taking a little bit later. Yep. Patriots pretty, pretty good spot for him. And Eason and Love, you know, uh, put him in a hat, throw him on the wall. Eason from. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, from then Eason for me. Yep. Same here. Same here. Oh. Nice. Uh, yeah, I. With Burrow getting number one overall, even though I have two as the better prospect, that's actually going to change in this next one, which is a CBS Sports three-round mock draft, with Burrow going number one overall to the Bengals, and then Tua going number three to the Dolphins, which means they moved up and paid something to move up to get him. Justin Herbert, number six to the Chargers, and then we see Jordan Love fall, number 67, which I think is a third-round pick, right, to the Lions. Yeah. Hertz, 79, third round of the Jaguars. Eason, 87, third round of the Patriots. And Fromm, third round, I think this is like a comp pick to the Rams. That story, yeah. Yep. It's interesting. I have Tua, number one in this, in this because I think the, uh, the Dolphins spending that to what they would have had to – I don't know what it was in this particular mock, but spend that to move up to number three overall to take Tua – tells me that they're confident that he's healthy enough and will continue to be healthy enough. And I like a lot of the stuff they're doing down there. Like they've been a laughing stock at the NFL for a while, but they're investing in the line. Seems like their coach isn't a complete moron. So I have two of them he's, Burrow. What about you? He's not Adam Gacy. No, no, exactly. Do you think COVID-19 is impacting a lot of the medical rechecks and all that? I'm wondering like is Tua is he? I know after the combine you go for medical recheck for some people that have been flagged, and obviously Tua was flagged. Right. Do you do you think all of this coronavirus is impacting his rechecks? I wonder about that. But I would imagine these guys can go see. Yeah. They can fly doctors wherever and yeah, make yeah. it work. He, they're investing that much in them. They're not going to worry about that. Yeah, I'm sure they're not seeing each individual team doctor or whatever that the teams are asking, but they have their own doctors which. Are all world class. His doctor keeps saying that he's fine. He's com- fully healed from everything I've read. So, sounds like Trump's doctor, <laughs> <laughs> healthiest human on the planet. Um, now I'm sticking with my board with Burrow at one, but two two at one makes sense to me. Also, um, I've got two at two, and then Herbert at three. You've got Herbert at three. Also. Yeah, Herbert at three. You what about to. four? I think we're probably the same Hertz. one. Four. Yeah, we got I went Hertz, Hertz at four. Then I went Eason. Because love on the lines, I just I, I'll take Eason over love. Yep, agreed. I go Eason, love, and then Fromm. Yep. Yeah, I mean love, um, love and Fromm. I mean, unless the Lions are going to move on from Stafford in the next couple of years, I mean, you're really sitting on him, and he's a guy we don't love to begin with. Yeah. Um, and then Fromm, I don't know what's going on with Goff, but he just signed the mega deal, and we don't love Fromm either. It's no. That's not really. I'm not expecting that to be fantasy gold. He's a solid. Ba- he'll be a solid backup. Yeah, he'll be the new Blake Bortles. <laughs> I guess. If we got uh, one more, it's a little little different from Walter football, which you know, always has crazy stuff. But this draft actually kind of makes sense. Uh, Joe Burrow, number one of the Bengals. Tua, number three to the Chargers, who moved up to get him. Herbert, number five to the Dolphins. Love. 47, which I think is second round to the Falcons, which is interesting. Eason, 67, third round the Lions. From 
again to the or from to the Patriots this time in the second round and Hurts with the Steelers compensatory pick in the third round at 102. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Yeah, I, yeah. I kept same way as last my same reasoning if if the Chargers are going to move up to take him I got to assume Tua's healthy and I like the Chargers weapons for the most part. Uh, with Eckler and Henry and Allen and Williams. Yeah, Allen and Williams. So I got it's two of them. It's definitely one Burrow. of the best spots to land in for a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I stuck to my board with Burr and Tua, but again, that makes total sense to me. The Chargers are a great spot. Probably maybe even better than the Dolphins. Well, I mean, definitely better from a yeah, yeah. weapon standpoint. Yeah, an immediate production standpoint for sure. Yep. Herbert then, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's okay, Herbert. Got to go, Herbert. Which you don't have to draft him in your rookie drafts. We just have to rank him here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I got Hertz. I'm gonna stick I mean, with Hertz. I did too. I went Hertz, even though he was the last guy on here. I like his spot with the Steelers. Yeah, Ben's don't, done. We don't know. I mean, he's Ben's 38. He looks like a fat old. <laughs> you know, I don't even yeti. know. He's a yeti. Yeah, yeti. And, uh, I mean, coming off like an elbow surgery where he just started throwing a tennis ball again, you know, I mean, at most what's, I mean, Ben has two or three years left, so I'll take the chance that that's under. Yeah. And he's not exactly been taking care of his body. Like, uh, Tommy, Tommy Brady has, he He doesn't follow TV 12. He follows BR, BR seven, which is just Bud Lights and (laughs) Bud Lights and Permani Brothers sandwiches. Yeah, no, I'll take my chance with Hertz. Especially this this would push Hertz down the board too, landing behind Ben. Um, yeah, this would put probably push him down the rookie draft board too, which is even better. Then I have a uh, From. I think I would take a chance of From on the Patriots. What he has to beat out Stidham. Um and Hoyer. Yeah, <laughs> come on. If this is the only thing they invest, I, that would definitely move From up for me. Yeah. Like if they don't invest in any other quarterback and they're like, we'll let, we'll let Stidham and Fromm battle it out and hope we win with defense. I don't know. I don't think that'll happen. I think so. no. they're going to do something. I've been hearing rumors. They're going to move up and take Tua. That'd be crazy. That's a far way to move. It is far away. I have Easton and then love after that. Yeah. I've got the same. Yeah. Love. When would you have to, where's Patriots pick now? They pick in like the middle twenties, right? Yeah. You can't move up to three from there. It was just if uh, if Tua started following. Oh, that'd be, yeah, injury. that'd be great. Say that would happen. If he fell past top ten, you're going to see some teams want to move up. Smart that teams. Would be, that would just be the Patriots, wouldn't it, to be able to grab him? Yeah, and then once again roll the NFC East or AFC East for the next 20 years with Tua at the helm. They threw in that fourth round they just stole from the Buccaneers <laughs> yeah. for – Gronk, who was clearly not going to play for them. Pretty much. Pretty much. Now, good stuff. Well, thanks for tuning in as we finally wrapped up our rookie prospects with the draft happening this week. We're hoping to get some, uh, maybe do a podcast uh, on maybe Friday. Yeah. Get the first round in. These will obviously change. We can talk about everything that happened. And feel free to hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Dynasty In Depth, and Ryan is at Dynasty underscore Ryan. So right now we're on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. You can find us if you just search for Dynasty In Depth. Facebook page isn't much, but 
for some reason. Check, check us out. Give us a like. Website is down for now. We still have the domain, but it was just too much work. Uh, we're going to try to focus more on the podcasts and the uh, podcast uh, content. content. More fun anyways. That's what I was – I couldn't think of it, man. It's quarantine. It's quarantine. I hope everyone's staying safe out there. Thank you to our frontline workers. And thank you for tuning in. All right. Thanks, everyone.